Hello? Hi. <laughs> Good morning, Dad. What's going on over there? How are you? I just had something happen to me that uh, happened to John Syracuse very recently, which is I was typing something. Uh-huh. The Skype window grabbed focus. <laughs> and woo, suddenly I wasn't texting my wife anymore. I was talking to Dan. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Yeah, just so you know, uh, Rectifs, we're recording Thursday this week, not tonight. Oh, okay. Well, good. Is there anything else Anything else I, I should <laughs> let you know about? We're, we're pretty good for milk and half and half. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I ate the leftovers this morning, just so you know. Oh, okay, good, because I, I wasn't sure. I didn't want them to go to waste, and I wasn't really in the yes. mood for it tonight, so. I have eaten the William Carlos Williams meme that you left at the memory. <laughs> so cold and plums. <laughs> <clears throat> Good morning. All right, let's do this thing. How are how, 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 how you doing, Dan? I'm all right. I'm all right. Can't complain. Yeah. Today is, uh, you know, pretty good. I'm never sure, Op- you know, when you're, day. Mm-hmm. when you're up late at night and doing a lot of tweets and, and sharing like YouTube video links and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a 50-50 chance that that means we're going to have a great show or that you're going to be tired and have a great show. So I don't I don't know. Well, good detective work. Yeah. Yeah, well, I had um I had a pretty I had a short but but good night's sleep. But yeah, I watched a lot of uh, I watched a lot of videos last night. You know music's amazing, Dan. I know you're and you get into it at nighttime. Do you ever you ever get into music? I love Does music. Does anybody remember laughter? <laughs> Uh, yes, I watched, oh man, I watched so many good YouTube videos last night. I don't know. Sometimes I just, before bed, when I know I'm winding down, I mean, I know YouTube's the last thing I watched because I usually like fell asleep on the, sitting on the couch. Like, um, but yeah, no, I, uh, we should talk about that. We yeah, should let's talk, about, talk about it. Let's talk about all right. it all. We can we talk about okay. everything except, uh, for the gophers. Oh, cabbages and kings. All right. Um, let's see here. And you know, if we run out of ideas and things to talk about, yes, we could always do some listener mail because a lot of listener mail has oh, been coming. Oh, I would, I would love that. Um, could be a classic odds and sods. I All got right. some sods. I got some odds. Um, and um, I, we should, if we have time. Time permitting, we could update on your OmniFocus journey. Ah, uh, yes. Because I have a relevant video as pertains to that. Oh, I need a video. Oh, good. Okay. Let's see what I watched. Well, let's see. The last thing I watched was a lot. Well, the second to last thing I watched was a lot of Bee Gees. Now, the Bee Gees, <laughs> I think, are... That's funny how. No, I just... I like the Bee Gees, and it I... Only was, I never was, hear them I, talk I, about, Merlin. to take your heart away. <laughs> Child talking. <laughs> What else? Uh, so some Barry Manilow. Oh, do you remember that show, The Midnight Special in the uh, 70s and 80s? Yes, I do. Some person, uh, Gracias Smiles, or Gracias Miles, um, has posted a bunch of uh, compilations from The Midnight Special by year of good performances. Oh, wonderful. I watched a ton of those. Oh, Glenn Campbell. My God, that guy was magic. Uh, I watched some old Hall & Oates. Oh, my God, I watched a lot of videos. Some replacements, Billy Joel, this night, but the best thing I watched last night, which I watched twice, this is why I went to bed at 2 a.m., this is going to sound underwhelming, but I really, I cannot, 
I hate that phrase. I can't recommend it enough. We need a better phrase than that. I super duper recommend you check out this video of Carol King performing uh, live on the BBC, I believe. Uh, I put it put it in notes uh, from 1971. Okay. So it's, you know, around, I think it's around the time that uh, Tapestry came out. Now, what you may or may not know about Carol King is that she wrote or co-wrote a bunch of like classic songs. You ever heard of like a Goffin and King song? That's her and her husband at the time um, wrote these songs. But yeah, and it's her performing just mostly by herself on piano and singing. And one song she's joined by James Taylor. But it's, you know, if you know classic Carole King songs. Now, here's the thing. So she's great. So she had not toiled in obscurity, but she was not a singer. She was a songwriter. Mm. And as featured in that uh, movie with Ileana Douglas about her, more or less, Uh, You know, she had a tough time breaking through as an actual singer. And when she did, she had one of the top-selling records of all time, Tapestry. But her songs are like, you know, stuff like Up on the Roof and um, Feel the Earth Move Under My Feet. She's she's just, like I said last night, she's the total package. She's amazing. She's she's young. She's full of energy. She's a wonderful singer and interpreter of her own songs. Really good piano player. Just a stone-cold great performer, like, right out of the box. So yeah. if you want something to really lift your spirits in these horrible, horrible hellscape times, <laughs> oh, it's all so bad right now. Oh, it's, it's bad? bad. Yeah, what, what's uh, what's got your goat uh, these days the most? Wow, I kind of, I don't, oof, oof, I don't want to do turn Let's into, just do it, like Nike says. All right, I don't want to turn into today's honeypot. <laughs> Uh, title, but the, um, <laughs> you know, politics, what are you going to do? <laughs> Coronavirus? Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, the, there's, there's a, there's a lot to dislike <laughs> from literally everyone right now in politics and it's bumming my head. Um, but Carol King, I watched that twice, 2845, watched that twice. That's really good. I watched the squeeze video today. Mm-hmm. Squeeze, another great underrated band. Anyway, music is so great. I, I think Spotify has been so good for me. I've said for a while that I really I enjoy Spotify as a my preferred way to stream um, music. Um, I, I especially grew have grown to love the recommendations and the playlists, and I really actually I look forward to my release radar uh, that comes out every week or so. Yeah. Discover Weekly just shows how well they know me because they keep pushing all this stuff that I loved in the eighties and nineties. But it's interesting how Spotify has become part of this bigger hmm, ecosystem's the wrong word. But the way that, you know, we remember being in college and like when things were clicking on all cylinders in college, it felt like everything was feeding into everything else. Like you were becoming a more careful thinker maybe and you were reading more and like, but they all fed into each other in the same way that getting fit, like eating better and working out and sleeping more will have multiplicative effects over just doing one of those things. Oh, yeah. When I'm, yeah, and so like Spotify introduces me to a ton of music that then introduces me to other music. I go seek out the videos. I end up finding old concerts on YouTube. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just, it's a nice feeling. Music is such a fun part of my life. I don't really have like a formal way to incorporate it into things that I do in public so much, but, you know, it's easy to forget. My kid's 12 now, so she's reaching that age where... I would, I'm going to speculate that between now, well, all other things being equal, when I was a kid, between 12 and 14, that's when you form some of your most enduring relationships oh, yeah. with artists, songs, and yeah. I mean, I remember being, I was definitely 
15, I'm going to say 14, 15, because I was, I wasn't old enough to drive yet. Mm-hmm. And I was very into, you know, this is before the internet, right? So what did we mm-hmm. do? We, we read books and things like that. And I vividly remember, you know, getting on my 10 speed and riding this down pretty far to like the bookstore, which at the time, I think it was on Lions Road. And I think it was a Barnes and Noble or something this like is, that. This is uh, the Orlando area? This is South Florida. This would be like Del Rey. Okay. Uh, okay. And I would ride out there. Is this I would, tra- talking Treasure Coast here? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I would. So I like would, south, Southeast Florida. Yeah. Southeast Florida. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would uh, buy a book, you know, which was expensive for me at the time. And I would bring that back and I would just chill out. I would listen to music and read the book. And if I was reading a book that was like a period, I would try and listen to music from that time. And it would like, I was that guy too. I mean, like it was cool, right? Like it was a fun thing to do. And like that, that was one of the ways that I really, I found later that now when I hear music that I might've read to, it brings back memories of the book and of that time and of, like mm-hmm. that whole thing. And like, it's amazing how, like what you're saying is like how you form this intense relationship with music from a certain time period of your life that like stays with you for the rest of your life. Oh, absolutely. And, and it, and it recombinates in unusual ways. I was urinating this morning and I remembered something about um, my uh, paternal grandmother, uh, a funny thing she used to say. I yeah. remember for the f- first time in I don't know how many years. And I instantly, it occurred to me that it's a little bit like emotional Bitcoin mining, where like there's this thing that happens in your brain where it just kind of turns and turns and turns. Something happens, uh, <laughs> moments snap together like magnets, and like you may recall or correlate something that had never occurred to you before. And music has such a strong, they say that sense of uh, scent is the most nostalgic. But I, I agree with you that I have very heavy associations with certain kinds of music at certain times. And what you're describing there of sort of pairing media. <laughs> I, right, I, I have right, a, right, right. That's a, that's a great term for it. Well, like when we play D and D, we listen. We listen to like Rick Wakeman's King Arthur and the Knights <laughs> of the Round Table. It was so. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> um, but um, I, I still have a pretty specific, very locatable memory of of the sort of the day that I really discovered stereo separation. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> I'd had those little Nova like Radio Shack headphones and listened, you know, with headphones before. But um, it was um, so this would be this is very easy to put together because I got my first quote unquote stereo. It was a very inexpensive stereo. My first record player was stereo speakers and stuff like that um, for Christmas in nineteen eighty. 81? Mm-hmm. Would it be no eighty? Whatever the year was, right after uh, John Lennon was shot. So I think that's probably 1980. Um, yeah, that's right. it, And it's locatable to me because I got the stereo, but I also got a copy of uh, Double Fantasy by Yoko and John, and uh, which is still a very, a very good album. Um, but I remember laying on the floor underneath my desk with a speaker on either side of my head. This is a very important thing when you're a youth. This is the maturation of pillow forts title. Um, where you're, you're building these like comfort infrastructures for yourself to hang out. You ever do this? Like put all the couch cushions together and like, oh, make, yeah. a pen, make a pen for yourself. Anything uh-huh. for privacy <laughs> often involve pillows and music. And, um, but I have such a specific re- recollection of sitting uh, in the dark in the early evening with a speaker, like right next to each of my ears, 
and uh, listening to um, the song Kiss, Kiss, Kiss by um, Yoko Ono. Do you remember the song? Kiss, 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 kiss me, love. Just one kiss, kiss will do. Why me? Why you? Broken mirror, why terror? It's, well, you know, Yoko. But it also had uh, crazy uh, uh, orgasmy noises, but it was totally like stereo separated. And of course, also contiguous around this time, I was also discovering uh, the White Album on my own. Which has a lot of really good stereo separation. Mm -hmm. I remember finally really settling. Oh my God, I really get it now. I really, it's not just you get to hear what's happening in each ear. Like there's stuff moving around and I don't know. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And for me, it was actually Zeppelin uh, because what Jimmy Page would do with, he would play essentially the same backing guitar riff, but he would play it with a different guitar and different mm-hmm. amp, different distortion. And he'd play it in two different channels, one on the left and one on the right. And this was the kind of thing that because they're playing together, it sort of created a single sound that you mm-hmm. wouldn't really notice. And then he, but then he'd kind of take it and he'd play something a little different with one and with the other. And I really got, I mean, that was a big part of why I learned absolutely. to play guitar, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's, okay, so, so back to your point from a minute ago, when you talk about going to the store to get a book, you know, the other thing it's easy to forget is the importance of magazines, where magazines, or I guess you could say newspapers, like in some cases, like English, uh, like indie rock magazines and newspapers, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, for what, two, three, maybe four bucks, you could get a magazine about something, whether that's music or when later on Wired or whatever. Yeah. And you got this more or less up to date. I mean, by those standards, very right. up to date idea right. of like what's happening in the world that you don't have access to right now. But you did not have the internet. And with a band like Zeppelin, my God, let me count the ways. Mm-hmm. There are so many ways where like I can sit around and watch YouTube videos about the weird things in Zeppelin songs. And there, <laughs> like are, what? there are dozens. Like what? <laughs> um, beginning. Hey, hey, mom said the way you mm-hmm. move. Going on. What is that thing at the beginning? Well, we found out. Well, you, now we know. With a, you know what I'm talking about? If you crank it real loud at the beginning, his. I always assumed I think, that was him sliding the pickup by the, the pegs on the guitar. Oh, doing like a quang thing at the top? Yeah. Here, wait, let me see here. But you oh said we gosh. know what it, what it was. What is well, it? Well, I think on that one, I think it might be. Is it ta- like tape rewind? Are you thinking of this? Like a like that kind of thing? More like scratching on one of oh, the like lower, a pick, like a pick, like a pick slide, like, like a pick slide. But yeah, <laughs> okay. just kind of back and forth like that. Um, oh yeah, shaka, 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 shaka. yeah, yeah. Um, there's that. There is the beat in. Um, oh my god, so many songs. So if you take "Fool in the Rain" is an example. Good what song. is happening in that rhythm? I will. I watch videos where people explain to me what is happening with "Fool in the Rain." What's the other really famous one? Uh, Jamaica. Uh, you know, I think it's pronounced Jamaica. It's a pun on Jamaica. Uh, bow, 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 bow. Like what is happening in that? So just, I mean, there's so many like this. We're not even getting into now the back masking. Remember, like you know, well, I live with Satan. Oh, yes, sweet yes, Satan. Yes. All that kind of junk, which wasn't real. No. Nope. Um, what was fascinating about that? Oh, oh what's the other one? Um, was there's, there's one before? What, what's the ocean? Uh, ocean. You ever heard the count in before the ocean starts? Then four all now that ready that one. and now yeah, that one? steady. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. like, there's so many things like that. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, I think the Beatles probably have maybe the most of those ever. But what I'm trying to get at is 
the music was great. You'd hear it on the radio. You'd be rolling around. But like, I borrowed my friend's copy of Houses of the Holy. Yeah. I borrowed my friend's copy of um, Led Zeppelin uh, Three, and you could just get such an intimate relationship with an album. Now, last night I was talking about because I got into my reveries about music. I was thinking about the day that I got a CD player in 1988. What my first my day zero CDs were. And I was mentioning in particular because Alex, uh, my friend Alex was mentioning the song Androgynous, which is a great song from Let It Be by The Replacements. But I was also remembering, how, how about this, that one of my day zero CDs was Up on the Sun by Meat Puppets. My CD of Up on the Sun by Meat Puppets had an impossibly tiny defect. It might have just been that I didn't have a very good CD player. Maybe the error correction wasn't good, but I think there was a manufacturing glitch. And in the first right after the vocals come in on the title track, Up on the Sun, there was this tiny little thing, I, I think I never heard before, a, a, like a digital glitch, like it, uh, almost like a scratch on a record, but mm -hmm. it was on the CD. So to this day, right, 30 plus years later, whenever I hear Up on the Sun, I still anticipate hearing that glitch that was on the CD that I had in 1988. Because I imprinted on that so yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess all I'm trying to say is that, like, it is, um, I mean, I can't speak to what it's like now. I imagine it's great. I, I've, I listened to, I watched YouTube, listened to part of a podcast, and have listened to Spotify just since I woke up an hour and 20 minutes ago. That's all things that are just at my disposal now to just go and listen to. Yeah. It. Plus there's Apple Music. And, you know, but it kills me because, like, <laughs> when I was a kid, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking, like, pfft. I think I got my first turntable when I was like 10 and the first album I got was Devo freedom of choice. Can you recall how important you talked about? Was it the last episode that you talked about your tape recorder? Yes. And you yes. talked about how you, you know, I had the same kind of a setup, but when I actually got my first, uh, what we used to call a boom box, that because well, because the thing is the cassette had been around for a while but it achieved ascendancy so quickly <laughs> such that that turntable and two speakers that i got in 1980 within like really two years i really wished it also had a cassette and yeah. the boombox was the answer to that because i could then record off of the radio yes and i remember you could just what leave I it on record and pause oh yeah yeah and then just hit unpause of course this is you know, kind of dunk up your tape over time yeah it would but, and then you'd have the 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 announcers the djs talking over the song but who cares <laughs> i mean right. but what the this was the ultimate this was the kind of ultimate og setup was mm -hmm. you would you would wait for like the you know casey case and countdown or whatever and you'd record the whole thing so that you'd be sure to get the song or songs that you would want on there when it was playing mm -hmm. like the top 10 or whatever then if you were lucky enough and mine did I had two cassette decks in there. So I would, oh, yeah. I would take, I would make my. Called a, called a dubbing, a dubbing. Uh, yes. Setup. And, and dub. I would, I would dub my, the songs that I wanted perfectly set up onto the second tape. So I would have oh my, my mixtape going. Then you were like a God. You were a God yep. if you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And now, but you're describing something, I think that's so, um, it's so personal. You know, it's so, it feels so particular to us. Um, you know, the, like they used to say, well, there's, of course, there's the, my Flintstones quote, but the other one is, you remember on um, 
during like the summertime on NBC, they'd say, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, it's new to you. Yes. And that's life, man. I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, it's new to you. There's still so many opportunities to discover something that just is just a banger in just the way that you need it today. Um, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mute really works, doesn't it? Um, but like, for example, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to sound relevant. Believe me, I'm not relevant. Uh, it's, the, it's the irrelevant in the room. Mm. <laughs> I think the show's over. Yeah, I think I mean, it's no, over forever. for good as a, now. As, a, as yeah. a platform, as an enterprise, <laughs> as a franchise, we're done. As the McElroy say, we just did the last joke. There's no more goofs. <laughs> right. Anyways, the irrelevant in the room is that, uh, da, 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 da. like, for example, uh, uh, surfaced in my Discover Weekly was Billie Eilish doing the new James Bond song. Have you heard that? I have heard it, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Like so many of the modern ones. I mean, my favorite, maybe of all time, being the Adele. Let the sky fall at a tumble. Like, that's really, really good. <laughs> it does that thing, though, where it's the da 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 da. There's all the little motifs and like those little figures that have been around in James Bond themes for years, but it's totally modern and it's Billie Eilish. Right. Who it turns out is awesome and her record is really, really good. I know all the youths know this. But now daddy's listening to that. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, and then the other one, um, the new Grimes record is really good. I didn't know what Grimes was. I only knew Grimes was a, was a thing from Twitter moments involving Elon Musk. I don't really care. But that's great music. There's stuff to discover in all of these things. And when you get to a certain age, one cool or frustrating thing, I think, is you'll... Uh, this has been happening to me for tw 25 years, at least. Where I'll hear a new band that's kind of rejuvenating an old sound. And then that makes me go back and want to listen back to the, band, the bands that they're impersonating that particular right you well. well you want to revisit the the yeah. original yeah i think really you know there's no need for green day albums let's be honest uh there's really way better bands than them but it uh, anyway the, 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 let's talk about happy things this is uh this is an exciting it's an exciting time it's nice to have that all out there it's so wild to be able to go into spotify or whatever and just like, oh, I haven't listened to, again, Meat Puppets, Replacements. I haven't listened to these records in a pretty long time. And they're all just sitting there waiting. It's an amazing time. <sighs> does your kid take... You does, back. Does, your, <laughs> does your kid enjoy music the way that you do? Is she there enjoying music and listening in the same way? Um, yeah, I think in similar ways. I mean, her the times are different. Her tastes are different. But she's very into musicals and... She'll just go down, it's the craziest thing, uh, she'll just go down a rabbit hole. Like right now, she's really obsessed with a song from the Captain America, Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, it's the, the music that plays when they're doing the montage of him doing the the uh, the war bond. Oh, yes. Yep. Fundraising and he's punching Hitler and all that. Mm -hmm. um, no, but she's very into musicals. Um, there's a, uh, what did Syracuse call it? The The... The, the the tween whisper network there seems to be these things that just come out of nowhere in the tween whisper network and suddenly all these kids know about it and are very into it suddenly like warm on a string warm on a string is popular again who knew who knew remember warm on a remember the little wiggly worm yeah and you had the monofilament line yeah. you could look, look like you're doing a magic trick yeah you'd, you'd, you'd pull it around and it would look yes. like it was a, look it's going between my fingers it's going around and, and, my thumb and people like in a period of in a period of about nine hours from what I can gather, she went from having no idea these things existed to it suddenly being the most important thing in the world. <laughs> I, I, 
I like it when I still have that enthusiasm for something. Yeah. But yes, uh-huh. you absolutely. Now, what about what about your, especially with Cash? Is he, he's mostly a video game guy, right? Yeah, uh, very squarely. His entertainment, his ideal, his ideal environment is he's got uh, his iPad. He's got a YouTube video of yeah. a video of a video game, a gameplay <laughs> a, a type thing, and also will have then his Switch which is he's playing a game on and watching the video at the same time. Yeah. Separate two devices, minimum, minimum. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is by the time that I was his age, 12, I had, I was doing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons stuff. I was definitely already programming. Although the programs I wrote were all the same. I wanted to have a secret code program so that you would, type in a secret code and only if you knew the code could you get to the rest of the the secrets but i Uh rarely got past the secret code part uh and but i still watched a lot of tv a lot Mm -hmm. and i you're a latchkey kid right yeah oh yeah yeah i mean i would just i would just sit and you know watch quincy and eat potato chips every afternoon (laughs) that's right what kind of a doctor is this saying (laughs) But he watches almost no TV. TV for him has completely been replaced by YouTube videos. Yeah. This is what they say. My daughter is kind of 50-50. She's 50% Netflix. She's eight. And 50% Minecraft. And both of them are watching almost exclusively Minecraft videos. That's most of what they watch. And and they have- I I like some of the song parodies. Oh, like what? Oh God, we haven't listened to these since my kid very first started playing, but there's all those parodies of Minecraft parodies of like uh, popular songs, like, um, don't mind at night oh. and <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, uh, get on those, yeah. Oh, they're, they're very amusing. <clears throat> Involves a lot of, uh, what's his name? Steve. A lot of Steve getting beat yep. up by those uh, bad guys at the end. What mm-hmm. are those called? Uh, well, there's what? a lot of bad guys. Mm, what, are the, what are the ones at the end called? What are those called? Oh, uh, Enderman. I'm not good at jokes. That's the joke. Oh. Um, the b- 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 don't mind at night. Um, don't mind at night. Yeah. Katy Perry's last Friday night. Don't mind at night. Huh. Huh. Um, Dan, um, yeah. where would people find show notes for episode diggity 466? Yeah. Have your back to work program. Where would people find show notes for that? Uh, back to work dot limo. Slash four six six is the place to go. Uh, mm, I love that mute. Um, I will keep talking about any of this that you want, but I would also I super need to hear about something you like. I would love to tell you about feels. Feels. Merlin, do you experience stress? Yes. Do you have anxiety? Mm-hmm. Do you suffer from chronic pain? Uh, do you ever have trouble sleeping at night, at least once a week? <laughs> ever seen a grown man naked? Ever seen? Well, the thing is, Merlin, you're not alone. If any of it's those like gladiator movies, are true. <laughs> I've had, I have all of these things. <laughs> Me too. You just, you basically just updated my CV. That's your resume for those of us in America. Hi, I'm broken inside and out. Tell me about the feet. <laughs> yeah, all the feels. <laughs> all the feel. Well, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. CBD, I think, is for me at least was a a huge game changer. It took me from experiencing all of these things and feeling, feeling like there wasn't much that I could do about it. And I tried a ton of stuff, especially in the, trying to 
you know, up my sleep game and, and make it easier to fall asleep and stay asleep longer and get better quality sleep. For me, that was what kind of initially turned me on to, to CBD. It also had other effects that I wasn't expecting, like stress reduction, like helping with anxiety. And then the big thing that I noticed, and it because I'm dumb, it took me a while to put this together, is I would train real hard in the gym. I'd be pretty sore or I might have pulled something, you know, tweaked something. And I noticed that that seemed to go away in the evening. And eventually after a while, it reali- I realized it just kind of went away a little while after I took the CBD. So I started experimenting with it and I would come back from the gym. If I was a little sore, I would take it a little during the day. And because when you take CBD, it does help. I mean, like, yeah, you can feel relaxed from it, but it's not, it's not like taking some kind of relaxation medicine where you can't function still. And that's the weird thing that I don't really understand about CBD is how does it do all of this stuff? How do it know? Yeah. How does it know what to do and how does it not impair you if that's the right word? And that's the wonderful thing. It doesn't make, I mean, when it's, when it's working right, it doesn't make you feel stupid. No, it 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 oughtn't make you feel, um, as they say, high. Um, but, but it can, people, people seem to report, um, pretty dramatic results. Yeah. And for, I would be one of those people, but the quality of the CBD that you get and the kind of CBD that you use makes a huge difference. I've tried some of the cheaper stuff, uh, which I'm not proud of. Um, <laughs> and I, there'd been one Dan's brand. always cutting corners on there, the CBD. There was one brand that I was using for a while cause I'd found it and I thought, you know, it's fine, but they sent me the feels sample and you can actually go get a little, what they call a flight, which they'll send you a few little tiny containers of the different strengths so that you can experiment with them and see which one you want to try. But, um, so I, I got one of these and I tried it and in, initially I was like, I wonder how different these things can be, but I was really surprised. There Hmm. is a huge difference between quality CBD and like just stuff you just go buy somewhere. And Feels is very, very high quality. They do have independent testing so you can see uh, like the particular batch that you've got was tested. And basically they're doing it to make sure that the ingredients are pure and that the amount of CBD that you're getting is exactly what you expect it to be. And that's the problem is there's a lot of companies out there where you really don't know. It can be off the charts in one and none in another or other things that are in it. Feels is all about natural. It's all about high quality. And that's what the thing is. It it works naturally. There's no high, there's no hangover. Uh, All of that stuff is great. And so you can go and get yourself some of this. And the way that it works, and this is such a benefit for me, is that you can become a member and it automatically is delivered to your house so that you don't run out. But you get to set the interval that it's sent. And if you want to pause it or you want to cancel it, you could do that all there on the website. It's so easy to do it. But trust me, the worst thing is, especially when you get into this state of like, I've got a real good groove going to find out that you're like about to be out of it and like you're one day away, that sucks. So the membership thing really solves that problem. I was skeptical at first, but now I'm I'm all in. Feels is at feels, F-E-A-L-S. So go to feels.com slash back to work. That is the place to go. And if you do, you'll get 50% off your first order and you'll get free shipping. And remember that they've got like a hotline that you can call or you can text them and ask them questions like what strength should I get? Or here's my problem. What do you recommend? Real people that will help you. Feels, F-E-A-L-S, feels.com slash back to work. 50% off your first order with free shipping. Become a member and check it out and be like me. 
because I know you want to. Thanks very much to Feels for making the show possible. Thanks, Feels. Puck, puck. I see you've sent me a link. Yeah, do you have audio on there where you are? Uh, yes. Uh, do you want me to play it so it I can be like heard just, by the just listeners? Make sure you got you to hear it from the top. It's very All important. Right, I'm gum. putting the microphone th- down there this now. This is Rick Wakeman's uh, album uh, from some mid-70s probably called The Missing Legends of King Arthur and His Knights of the Round Table. All right, here it comes. Whoso pulleth out this sword from this stone and anvil is the true-born king of all Britain. Okay. That all you want? That's good. It's good. Um, <laughs> this okay. is a 20, that, 20 minute uh, video in the show. Oh, yeah. Well, side one. <clears throat> um, <laughs> it, um, boy, you know, uh, that sounds a lot like Brian Cox. I wonder if that's Brian Cox. I couldn't tell you. Didn't it? Didn't it? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, it does, but I don't think that's. That's succession. That's not him. Hmm. What? You don't think it's him? No. Who do you think it is? It sounds like him. I don't think it is him. Rick Wakeman. I will I will flip out if it is him. Um I will find out. Whoso pulleth out this sword from this stone. <laughs> uh I'll, you know what? Let's just go straight. We're gonna turbo. We're gonna go straight to Brian Cox. Uh Rick Wakeman. Neil deGrasse Tyson. What? All right, That's a I'll different person. On, I, gotta do this, I gotta do this on my own time. I can't waste our listeners' time like this. <sighs> yeah, music is good. What else do we have? Oh, 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 God, I have so many just really minuscule. How about this? How about we do some odds and sods, mm-hmm. and you jump in anywhere here, and uh, then maybe um, maybe we'll do some uh, listener letters. I love that idea. That the is... way this works is I don't get email from anyone anymore. Right. Dan takes care of that, and he curates actual letters from actual listeners. Otherwise, True. would I be able to do this? <clears throat> David Letterman was very funny. Yes. Okay, so uh, I discovered this. Oh, God. I, I discovered this is so dumb, but it makes me so happy. Um, uh, your mileage may vary. No motorcycles after 3 p.m. You can restore the Mac startup sound on your computer. I discovered this via, yeah, I discovered this. I was looking at show notes for uh, the latest episode of uh, the talk show with John Gruber and very special guest, John Moltz. And I followed a link through. So if you go to show notes, um, this has also been reported from, I want to say nine to five Mac Apple insider. Okay. Totally different head. How to turn your Mac startup chime back on. And basically you're just going to enter this one, this uh, one liner. You're going to sue do this one line. And, uh, and you get your little bong back. I like that sound. Yeah. Why would you take the sound? Why would you, why would you take that away from me? Why, why would you take oh, look the at that? Apple, Apple insider is, um, hosting their podcast on fireside. What? I just saw that. No. Yeah. That must feel great. It feels great. Hmm. Like when I'm at the store and I hear someone say inbox zero <laughs> and then I walk into the sea with stones in my pockets. Uh, what the heck this works? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's cool. It's uh, I mean, why would I tell you what this command is? It, I mean, this is not clickbait. Okay. Type this. Okay. S U D O. I know that one. Sudo, um, uh, NVRAM startup mute equals. Hold on. You're going zero, fast. Zero. Startup. 
No, no, don't do that. Um, do you RM, said type it, so I type RM it. RM space uh-huh. dash R, R dash uh-huh, F uh-huh. slash. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, I thought that was cool. I love stuff like that. It used to be, you know, one of the things that really I feel like distinguished the Mac, at least in the early days I was using it, was how much fun you could have with sound. Used to be, time was, if you got a computer, you had to buy something called a sound card mm-hmm. for it. Which would make beep boop sounds mostly. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, Max shipped with great sound stuff for the time. Get you talking moose on there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get you uh, get you some of the so you could uh, you could get your res edit and pull sounds out of sounds and fonts and things out of all the things. If you're like John Syracuse, you could redraw all your quirks and sprites, ladies. <laughs> um. So I thought that was cool. Um, what else did I have here? A little odds and sods. Carol King. Oh, uh, I, I, I'm not ready to endorse this, but I am oddly intrigued by a book that I've started reading, um, that I've been hearing. It's one of those books where if you're me, people are constantly recommending books like this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard about it on Slate Culture Gab Fest. Um, it's called How to Do Nothing. Have you heard of this book? No. Okay. So. Now, I, I, I just want to say, so, oh, shoot, what's the woman's name? Who wrote this? Oh, I feel terrible. Jenny O'Dell. Now, now you hear, oh, there's a book called How to Do Nothing, colon, Resisting the Attention Economy. And if you're like me, you go, hmm, it's another one of these things. One of those, is there going to be another one of those, boo, all technology is terrible. Oh, and by the way, my entire promotional effort for this is all done online. That's always so funny to me. <laughs> on the face of it, right? Like yeah. you, you get like, it's, it's sort of that whole like, well, you know, I, yeah, I do have this very shortened work week unless somebody important contacts me and then I'm <laughs> heavily available for any number of hours. <laughs> um, but it's not that the more, probably the, the word that is unexpectedly doing the most lifting in that, f- in that title, maybe attention, but mm-hmm. economy, mm-hmm. it's essentially a somewhat anti-capitalist, um, meditation on what is happening to our attention. And it's just, uh, just a couple, I mean, she does not have like a recipe book for how to get your attention back a hundred percent. What she's saying is that it was, it is valuable for us to, uh, adopt a Bartleby, the Scrivener like approach of deciding, you know, maybe not 24 seven, but a lot, like, how are we going to spend our day and how much are we going to let, you know, these various algorithms and things lead us around by the nose? I'm not putting this as well as she, but she's very smart and very, and very nuanced. And it's the reason I'm recommending this. If this were the book I thought it was, I wouldn't be recommending it because it's the book that it is. I think it could be very interesting to people. She also ties in the environment, how important it is that if you spend more time away from these, uh, capitalist, uh, attention sinks, mm-hmm. um, Things like, you know, you kind of, and become more kind of hyper-local in your thinking. I'm not doing this justice. How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy by Jenny O'Dell. All I, uh, so far all I got is the Kindle sample of it, but um, I'm enjoying it. And maybe I'll try and find that uh, discussion on uh, GabFest to put in notes. I will write that down. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple other things. You wanna, do you want to jump in here? No, I, I like where you're going with this. I don't want to. I don't want to get in the way of um, it. I'm almost done. I'll finish it. What, what, what did I say I was going to do? Oh yeah, uh, Gab Fest re uh, attention book. Um, a uh, uh, someone on Twitter. I don't want to say a listener because I don't mm. know, but a person right. on Twitter uh, linked to something that I'm not going to say I forgot that I did, but that I forgot that I did. Um, which is uh, Omni Group came to town a few years ago and a bunch of people came up and did little short talks 
about all things OmniFocus. And um, this person linked to this little uh, like 20 minute mini talk that I did. What year is this? Um, oh boy, it's a terrible title. So this is from, <laughs> it went up in June, 2019. I don't know what. <laughs> that was a terrible t- title. Just your comment. Wait, are, are you playing it? Is that no, me or you? No, no, that's you. Where? Oh no. Wait, where is it? Oh, there it is. That's me. And, and so anyway, it's called say it. <laughs> it's called say it. Don't spray it. <laughs> specific tasks for specific outcomes. And it's an Adderall fueled, uh, mega talk by me. Um, that basically goes into some stuff that you and perhaps our listeners might find interesting. And it's about the kind of specificity of thinking about your work in your life that OmniFocus affords. I'm going to say in a similar way, you know how I'm always touting drafts as being a way to rethink how you compose written words yes. without regard to where it's going to end up? Yeah. I feel like a, a similar uh, paradigm change can happen with OmniFocus, where a canny combination of OmniFocus and a GTD-like system it gets you very like sort of unerringly focused on outcome-based thinking and it just has a huge impact on how you plan your work, how you think about your work, and most importantly, how you do your work, how you finish your work. Mm-hmm. So that's a talk I did. It's pretty short and I'm a little I'm a little uh, little energetic in it, but it's fun. Say it, don't spray it. Specific tasks for specific outcomes. That's they call that log rolling. Like Even that. though I don't benefit from it, it is what what we used to in blogging call a self-link. Do you remember that? You remember when we used to say words like self-link because like, it was a thing? Yeah. And now everything's just self-links? <laughs> right. Every, regardless of where you're linking to, it's still a self-link. Um, self-link, cell-phone, you know, uh, 220, 221. What else do we have here? Don't mind at night. That is in notes. Rick Wakeman is in notes. Secret code program. Uh, I think that's all. I think that's just about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you t- tell me about uh, one more thing you like? Then we'll yeah, do some sure, sure. I, tell I, me I, about another thing you like. Now, listen, I want to save up to 41% on something today. What can you help me with? You know what I can do? I can help what? you save for up up to. But, uh-huh. this de- but it depends. That's uh-huh. the thing. Uh-oh. Um, and, save and, on what? Well, I don't want to say unless you're oh. you're sure. I mean, are you sure that you want to? I, okay. <sighs> The flesh is weak, mm. but the insurance is willing. <laughs> the spirit is strong. Yeah, yes. Right? It um, is. I have a lot of lower back pain, but okay. I try to take... Here's the thing. I, I, I try to eat vegan. Mm-hmm. I, try, I try to sleep uh, 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I, I only eat styrofoam peanuts and flan, and I do one-handed push-ups all mm. the rest of the time that I'm actually awake. Is there anything that I'm qualified to save up to 41% on that you can think of, Dan? Yes. If, hmm. if you do those things, let If me, I qualify. If I qualify. If you qualify, I would like to introduce you to Health IQ because- Health IQ. They use science and data to get lower rates for people like you, Merlin, on your life insurance. This is what they do. So if you, if you do the things that Merlin talked about, if you're a runner, if you're a cyclist, if you're a CrossFit, any type of athlete, really, even if you just do stuff on the, on the weekends where you're working hard, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, it, all of these things help you get healthier. They help you live longer. Health IQ wants to reward you for that. And they do it by saving you up to 41%. Because physically active people have significantly lower risks for heart disease, for cancer, for diabetes, for a lot of other things. And so what you do is you go in here, you take their little proprietary health 
IQ quiz. And then depending on your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. So the URL that you're going to go to is health IQ. That's just spelled out the word health. That's not hard. H-E-A-L-T-H, healthiq.com slash back to work. Go there healthiq.com slash back to work and you will start the process. You'll take the little quiz. You don't commit to anything and you're going to learn more about other things that uh, that you can do there that will reward you for your commitment to living healthy. So thanks very much to healthiq.com slash back to work for supporting and making this show possible. Merlin Mann. Thanks, Health IQ. Buck, buck. I can't I was find anything go- about Brian Cox. I ordered a new bell. It's, oh, it's, I left it in the other room. I want to go get it. I got a little, I thought I was going to get a little fancy because you remember when we both used to have a bell and we'd bell to each other back and forth because you had a mm-hmm. bell and I said, I want to be like Merlin, I want to get a bell. And I had a bell. There's no, there's no reason you shouldn't have a bell. Everyone should have a bell. But something happened. I lost it. And so mm-hmm. I was going to order a new one. And I saw there was a, a two pack, a twofer. <laughs> two and the, the, but the bell is oh famous oakland rapper it has a, a happy face it's got it's a the bell has been painted yellow i'm gonna get it and send mm. a picture of it like but a watchman I, yes but mm. without the blood mm. and let me go get it because i'm not sure yeah. that i like the sound it makes so hold on i'm gonna i'll be right back yeah I'll, that's okay i'll entertain the people let's see um i got a new bell i got a new bell wow wow got a new oh i'll play some guitar there we go. um i'm gonna play you some major seventh chords because they're beautiful. Ooh, okay, ooh, I'm back. Seven. All right, I'm opening the box. It has two bells in here. Somehow, and you'd look at the size of the box, Merlin, and you'd say, there's no way they fit two bells in here. No way is that a two-pack of bell. Okay. Two-pack of bell. But listen, I'm going ri- to ring this bell, and it doesn't, it sounds a little different. Yeah, do yours first as the... Do you want to, do you want to like, okay, hang on. Here we go. Let me get, to get some room tone. Yeah. Sibilance. Sibilance. All right. That's yours. I want you to listen to mine. I'm going to try and ring it the same way. Oh, just listen. A little sharp for me. Yeah. Not my tempo. And it doesn't, there's some, there's something different about the resonance of the bell as well, because I feel like yours resonates more. And I feel like the enamel paint on this yep, yep, yep. somehow is, is dulling the, the sound. It doesn't carry the same way. Hmm. I can't identify mine. Uh, no, uh, you know, it's, it's a very, uh, aesthetic issue. I like, I, I think I like a low bell as bells go. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. If you get the, it's sort of like I said to John Syracuse, if you get a headlamp, you will find ways to use the headlamp because guess what? You now own a headlamp. Yeah. You're going to make it's a reason so, to use so it. It's so important. Sure. Ooh, I don't like that. It's upsetting. Ooh, I don't like that. Okay. Ooh, I don't like the smelly bell. <gasps> Ooh, no, close, close, close. You don't um, like it? No, it's menacing. It looks like a clown. <laughs> I'm belly. Well, well. Belly the clown. Uh-huh. Uh, but ditto for having a bell. And then you get better at it because you go, you can tell people, or you can be mad at people. Uh-huh. Um, well, so what are you gonna do? I'm keeping it. I mean, it's it was six dollars for two bells. 
So it's not bells. even worth to send it back. But oh, this I is, know the feeling. Oh, this is my I bell now. This is just the bell is, I have. It now. lives here. This is the bell's house. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, um, well, we did a thing where, <clears throat> I don't know if you know this about John Roderick. Sometimes he gets an idea in his head about something that somebody else could do to make money for him. Mm-hmm. Is a thing he comes up with sometimes. Uh-huh. He, he wouldn't phrase it that way, but we did have an idea at one point. We might still do this someday if we could work out the logistics, but where we would, um, we would each like pff, autograph, if you like a bell, mm-hmm. and then you'd be able to buy that for a certain premium. And so I uh, bought, I ordered a bunch of different bells from Amazon to see what they were like. Uh, how good is the box? Right. Could it be shipped in this box? Like all that kind of stuff. What does it sound like? What's the build quality? Does it feel, does, does my hitting this bell, can I, if I sell you this bell with two signatures on it, do I feel good about the fact that you will have a, a bell that I would want to use R- just right. with signatures on it? Right. So I ended up having a bunch and you know, I'm going to tell you, buddy, not all bells are created equal. No, I, I did some better than I others. have just learned to my Well, dismay. I'm telling you, it's real. You know, it's real. But if you like a headlamp, if you get a bell, well, now, you know what? You're going to find ways to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, so your kid goes, hey, I got a, I got a four on my test. You go, hey, you get a bell for that. You know, they don't have grades at her school. It's a real hippie school. Oh, how do you, um, how does she compare herself to other Height. golfers? <laughs> You're ahead of me there. I was but... right there with you. Ooh. Feeding you, Jack, feeding you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Listener letters, letters from listeners. You want to do it? Yep. Mailbag, CBS mailbag. All right. Um, These are actual letters from actual listeners. You can send uh, emails, uh, I guess, to the website and then you get those. And if you like it, you bring it to me here on the program and we talk about it. Yeah. I'm not even going to tell people how to send the emails. I'm just going to trust that they'll know how to do it. Yeah. Hi, Merlin and Dan. Hi. Longtime listener to both of you on many different shows over the years, but this is the first time I've emailed. I just want to thank you for the discussion of OmniFocus on Back to Work 464 and the ensuing discussion that touched on Merlin's reminders, including his lists for house, office, etc. I'm one of the people where my calendar was a nightmare mismatch of events, reminders, and to-do items. Although I've heard Merlin talk repeatedly over the years about what an unmanageable scenario that is, I seem to remember he usually uses the word fire in describing calendars being used like that, I have never managed to envisage a way I'd be able to fix this and have it work for me. Hearing the OmniFocus discussion and the mention of errands and infrastructure lists, as well as house office and how to use an inbox list, something suddenly clicked. I realized this was all the setup I needed. It made sense for the reminders and tools, so I've set it up in the Apple Reminders app, and it's made a huge difference already. Wow. Thanks again. I know sometimes you think you may be going over the same ground in your discussions, but coming at it with a slightly different perspective and a couple of new thoughts can help someone like me suddenly get it. Cheers, Mark. P.S. I also like the ones where you talk about comics, computers, your kids, etc. It's a great show and something I always look forward to listening to. And attached to this email is a screenshot here, which shows my lists. And they've got inbox, to do house, to do office, to do errands, to do infrastructure, long term projects and tasks. And, uh, and so I, I thought this was a, a really cool email that, that it, based on listening to you during the show is very similar to how I now have things set up for myself as well. Oh my goodness. Uh, that is so great. I mean, legit makes me so happy. I don't want to bust a gut, but like in the two hours that I've been awake, that's, that's such a nice thing. It's better than YouTube. Um, wow. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, wait, listen, listener whom? Mark. 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 Thank you, listener Mark. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, boy, there's a lot of handles for that suitcase. Um, 
one of the things that will always be true, uh, I know this to be true, and so I, I only sweat it a little bit and just enough to cover my butt, but um, you got to repeat yourself in life. I'll say that again. No, um, you, first of all, it's so arrogant to assume that anybody has ever experienced anything about you in life. Mm -hmm. It's really, I, I have learned or realized or accepted that you must not assume that anyone cares. No one thinks about you, meaning me. Um, but sometimes, maybe more importantly, um, if I know I need to hear it, I'm saying it maybe because I need to hear it. So thank you for the, uh, the permission to, to do that because I, I think that can be valuable. Um, it's also, so, so also to this, I kept, I kept bracing for the, like, here's why this won't work for me, um, <laughs> in that note, because that's usually what I get. Um, I thought she liked OmniFocus. Um, I, um, I do feel like, I don't know, I oscillate, as you know, I oscillate a little bit between being, um, very, uh, feeling fortunate that I have some control over my time in ways that many others do not. I feel pretty good about the way that I manage most of what I try to accomplish in a given day. I'm n I don't get a hundred percent of the time, but I think I have a pretty good slugging percentage. Um, and I guess the other side of it is though, I do wonder like, w will I know when I'm becoming a little bit crazy? Cause I know in the past I had to eventually become aware of when I'm getting a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. And examples of that include things, as I've said, like having a, not just a context for, at house, having a subcontext for at home office, right? Further subcontext for at desk, and at this point, I'm locking myself into a <laughs> increasingly t a tiny series of clown cars, and then finally at printer. Now, really, do I need an at printer context? Well, no, because really, you could just do that when you're at house. Mm -hmm. And so, what's strange about that though is this is so embarrassing to admit, but. When you have a candid moment with yourself and make a realization about an opportunity for improvement that has almost no downsides and will lighten your psychic burden and maybe even give you a laugh, mm -hmm. that's a four-quadrant good thing. Maybe six quadrants. Can you have six quadrants? What's the remainder? The remainder is two. <laughs> you can only do it if the number is two. The thing is, uh, I love that feeling. I love that feeling of going, like, oh, man, I just got a little bit less stupid, kind of. I've just, I have just operationalized less stupid in life. And that's such a great feeling. But it does also then, like I say, make me wonder, like, do I feel like I have to eke out 100% of all productivity all the time? No. But mm -hmm. I also browbeat my family if they don't keep the calendar updated. Like, you know, it's okay. Don't, there's no floor for, there's very little floor in a three-person family. Yeah. Like, you can put a bunch of stuff in there. If mom's going to work for three or four hours on Sunday, that's, that's good to know. Right. And I'll sometimes post that up on the board, even if it's not necessary for me, because your calendar is also a journal in some ways, in mm -hmm. a way of being able to look back and go, you know, as I, as I say every other week now, I mean, Gmail and Apple Photos is basically my outboard memory. That's how I find what happened on a day or when something happened. Oh, I remember that was right after we were in 29 Palms and you dropped the iPad at the gas station. Like, when was that? So how would I do that? Well, I can go to photos and find, you know, use uh, geofencing or geolocation to find that. Or I could also go into Gmail and do a search for when um, I, got, I got the iPad repaired to get a rough approximation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. I, I really, I... I um I like those things and I I also like my journal on my calendar where like I, like I say I record little changes. I don't know. I just feel like 
in order to maintain as a person, especially as an adult, maybe especially as a family member, parent, business mm-hmm. owner, whatever, you got to have, you got to have some infrastructure. You have to have, if you have the, even if you have the best water in the world, you still need a glass to put it in. And oh, I say a glass so true. because, that is so because true. that's, well, that's used to be my, what I evolved to believe project management was, was like everybody else is making water and I'm the one holding the glass. <laughs> that's funny if you think about it. I like it. No, but it's true. And why do I say glass? Well, because uh, all you should see is the water. You don't need to see the glass. Mm-hmm. But the glass is arguably the most important part because that keeps the water from being all over the table. The water if takes the finding... shape of whatever you put it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but that's, but I mean, that the, the analogy that I'm now um, uh, kind of uh, overworking, but the analogy is, though, that like you shouldn't, infrastructure should not be visible. Like you, if there, you can have load-bearing walls in your calendar in life that don't have to be gaudy or out there. Um, and so like the, that's why the glass is so perfect because the glass perfectly holds the amount of water that it can and no more. So you either need to get less water or more glasses or just appreciate the water you have in the glass that you got. Right. No, I like that one. Yeah. This is probably going to be one of the classics people will remember. Oh, definitely. I say, remember four, six, six. Is that the one with Richard day? And I'll say you're banned from the show. <laughs> now he likes Devo. Does he? Yeah, yeah like he sent me. Fans. He sent me a. Uh, he sent me a Devo uh, hat. You know the the. Um, oh, the flower pot. Yeah, they they're called. Uh, what is the dome? Oh, something collectors or something. Yeah, energy called? dome or something like that. I have hmm. one. Yeah, they're a really good band. You know what? I should promote one of my playlists. I'll put this in show notes. It's not necessary, but um, now that I've got "Girl You Want" in my head. Mm-hmm. I make really good playlists for Spotify. I want to, I want them. I want access. Give me full All access. Right. Well, I started a Squarespace, a Sparespace uh, page about it and I haven't updated it in a while. Yeah. But there's one here called where's the one. And it's uh, interesting time signatures and rhythms and, and things. I think it might even have some Led Zeppelin in it. I'm going to put that in notes. Devo. You like Weird Al, right? Love Weird Al. Yeah. Is, is he still in your photo on Twitter? Yes, I believe so. It's in many places, because they won't let me show the video. I don't know uh, what that means. <clears throat> well, I did. I did an interview with yeah, Weird it's Al in your picture on Twitter on a, on stage in front of three two three thousand people. That's a lot of people for a conference in your in your town over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, because of whatever the agreements are that you know Weird Al makes or whatever the press people, they they did not give me permission to release. So I have. Hmm. In my position, possession or position or position, I have you, a full a, a video of you interviewing Weird Al in front of three thousand people. Yes, I have. I have that video. Damn! And you could do some one of those tricky things, like post it at a forty-five degree angle, or put a frame around it, or reverse it, flip it, and reverse it, chopped and screwed. Well, I don't want to get sued by Weird Al's people or whoever, so I haven't. You think he's but... a litigious man? No, he didn't strike me as that. He struck me as a really cool dude. Um, yeah. But because of that, I can't. I can't share it. But I can share the pictures. So that's yes. that's the. Well, most I wish you would. Um, okay, so um, related to that, then, and I'd love to hear another letter. Yeah. Um, there's a podcast. Oh, that podcast I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Which one is that, Merlin? There's a podcast I like a lot called Hit Parade that I'm forever recommending to people uh, with uh, Chris Malamphy, who's the chart analyst uh, writer guy for Slate. 
uh, he does the uh, the column. Uh, what's this? What's it called? Why Why is this song number one or something like that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's uh, he he basically is kind of a scholar of Billboard charts and a real encyclopedia brain of uh, music stuff in general. And he does this show called Hit Parade, and it's how do you say? It's almost like it's an excuse to talk about some topic by. The news peg is it's it's an event on the charts that happened this week or this month or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, I, I've talked about the show a few times on here. What I'm going to recommend to you, Dan, the January mm. 31, 2020 episode of Hit Parade called the White and Nerdy Edition. Oh, um, novelty songs were a tough way to make a music career until one self-proclaimed weird guy turned parodies into pop classics, and it's kind of like about one third history of novelty music on the charts. What is and isn't, what didn't, didn't chart, like, especially during like the golden age in the late fifties, the golden age of novelty songs. But anyway, I really recommend it because it's a, it's a nice view of like the kind of astonishing career. If you really think about the astonishing career that Weird Al has had over the years. And I mean, some of it's good luck, some of it's evolution. A lot of it is just really hard work and being really smart about knowing what his audience would enjoy. You know, it reminds me a little bit of They Might Be Giants, like that ability to evolve as you go. Um, where, you know, they might be giants, they're writing stuff for Disney, they're doing, they're doing kids records, they're doing adult records, they're doing tours that are blended, adult and child things, and just really smart stuff. Anyway, check it out, Hit Parade, White and Nerdy Edition uh, on uh, Weird Al Yankovic. There you go. Do you have another uh, listener letter? I do. Um, I had a handful of people who wrote in um, over the last couple of weeks with backpack recommendations or questions about the one that I got. And I'll, you know, I'll throw it in, in the, um, in the show notes anyway. Uh, but what I got was, or what I went up getting, I think I said this on the show, because mm-hmm. if you remember, I have a, a MacBook pro 16 inch and it didn't fit into any of oh, the right. other you backpacks. You wanted to synapse it, but it was going to be too big. Yeah. So the, what I wound up getting and, uh, and have really, really liked so far. Um, and I guess it's been, um, could it have been a month already is the, the company that makes this is called dispatch, but it's spelled D S P T C H. I don't know. Why oh yeah. This is the one do. your buddies make. I don't know. I don't know any of those people. Your friend reviewed it. Something. He, my but friend Chase, really pretty chase reviewed it and he loves it. And he oh, recommended chase it. You're talking about when you talk about this, yeah, chase Reeves. I've met him. Yeah. He, he's uh he's a man about town. Is he? Yeah. Which town? Uh, well, he's in California. So every town, Ugh. And, uh, and he Not recommended this. Not and a fan, California. Pump the brakes. It's called the Dispatch. And then the, the bag that they make, the one I got, uh, they make a handful now, is the Day Pack. <clears throat> and I got the one made out of ballistic can nylon. Can you get a two-pack of Day Packs? I don't think you can. But I'm very, very happy with it. I, it's, it's everything that I wanted. Um, it has the potential to fit a whole lot of stuff inside of it. Or if you're it looks not like using it. It feels it, good. It feels real good. It's the problem is as, as, as are you, we are neither of us very large human beings. We are on the smaller side of the mm-hmm. human being side. And uh, I used to be almost exactly average height. I imagine I am now slightly short. Yeah. We get shorter. Don't because we? of the Dutch mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or, or Deutsch as they say in San Francisco. <laughs> mm-hmm. das, and das Deutscher Mann. so I am always a little hesitant because 
almost all the bags that I found that were like, <laughs> yes, it fits a 16 inch MacBook Pro are gigantic. And, and you put them on and it looks like you're yeah, going you're like a little boy. <laughs> you look like either. Yeah. In a best case, you look like Is a little boy. Is that your dad's backpack? <laughs> in, a, in a worst case, you look like you're like going backpacking across Europe for six months and all everything you have has to fit on your back. And I didn't want either of those. And this is nope. a nice compromise. And it's got the one the, my only complaint, and it's not really a complaint, is that they don't have a lot of inner pockets for like smaller things. Um, and so the way that a lot of people get around that is they get one of those like inserts that has like pockets inside of it. Bag I haven't bothered with that. Bag in a bag. I haven't bothered with that. But um, <clears throat> but what I do use, and I'm gonna have to, I'll try and find it. Um, there is a bag in a bag that I use for all of the like, uh, dongles and crap like that. So I'll see if I can dig it up into the show notes, but a lot of people were emailing to say, what did you get and what do you, and do you like it? And then other people with their recommendations. So thanks to everyone, uh, for, um, you know, for, for that, a lot of people very interested. Mm -hmm. People love backpacks. What's interesting, yeah. this, is, this is the wildest thing that happens. I guess this should not be too surprising. It makes a ton of sense. But when you're on one of the Amazon properties, like Amazon Proper or Prime Now, you know, you can search for something, you know, very specific. In this case, what is it called? The Dispatch, Dispatch Day Pack? Day Pack. Yeah. So as soon as we were done recording last week, I hopped on Amazon and did a search for that. And it even showed up in the autofill. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Implying that it was there. But you hit enter. And it's a whole bunch of extremely similar backpacks. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. It's some um, not quite predatory exactly, but it's so interesting the way that like, nope, we don't have that, but we got this. Like you can do a search here for this particular thing outside the Amazon smart home ecosystem. And it'll show you all the equivalent ones that are like Echo-ish things, mm -hmm. but yeah. maybe not all the Apple, Google, Facebook things. Yep. Um, I... Can I can I give uh, can I give a, a a personal heartfelt tip? Yeah. About backpacks, um, this may or may not be useful to you, but please at least consider this because this is something I. It took me a while to discover this, but boy, it's been a game changer. Um, I don't know what most of the straps are on my backpack. I don't I don't understand what I'm supposed to put on all those loops. It's like giant Velcro. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it's. For. I don't know what that's for. But here's what I do know: something that will be very beneficial for you and for your back. Um, when you're loading up your backpack, be mm -hmm. thoughtful. Go, okay. So, well, let me give you the, the use case or the, the, the problem here, um, is that I feel like we're always living a little bit out of a backpack a little bit all the time. So at my house, it might be open most of the time. I'm grabbing stuff out of it at work. It's here. It's there. Da, 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 it's in different States. It gets all jostled around, but like how often do you sort of take everything out and put it back in, in a sensible way, like clean it out, get all the, the junk and skin tags out of there, whatever's in there. But um, <laughs> that's where I keep my skin tags. Right. The Synapse tag bag, or as you say in Deutsch, Togbog. Um, <laughs> but the, the little, little mini, mini thing here is to be, <laughs> be sensible about how you put things into your backpack and have, have it be like, I would say stuff like have it be as flat as it can be. You might even want to pack it with the back part down. Um, but that's a small one. Now here's where it gets important. When you're fixing to go somewhere, zip it all the way up. I always zip it the same way so that I could do it in the dark if I had to. But I feel like this is so, it's so important. Um, cinch, if you have the ability to cinch the thing front to back, like you might get those little, like on the Tom Bin brain bag. Yeah. I've got four clips, two up here, two down there that you can clip 
so that you, when your stuff is all in your bag, you can comp- compress it, right? Do, is this a, that's a normal feature of a backpack, Yeah, I right? think it, that's, that's something Com- you compression want. Compression anyway. in general. Well, I think a lot of people don't do this. Why? Because they need to get into their backpack all the time. So it wouldn't be sensible, or maybe you're going to be on the bus, and maybe you want to get your Walkman out. Mm-hmm. Out of your backpack with your skin tags, your Walkman. <laughs> but anyway, why would you do this? Well, you do this because it's going to be so much closer to your center of gravity on your back. If you cinch that thing way up, I take a third to half of the depth off of my backpack when I remember to do that. And now this is where it gets really good because where all the pieces come together. Listen, youths out there, I, I realize it looks cool to have your backpack slung really low. Does Please, it? please at least try this. Please try compressing the backpack and then please try grabbing your little straps here in the front, pulling down and getting that backpack up as high as is comfortable for you. And you're going to notice a crazy difference in your posture. You're going to be less fatigued because for one thing, when it's higher up your back and it's closer to your back, you're not going to need to do as much adjustment into your gait for balance. It just makes you more efficient as a person. Right. Try cinching it up, compress it, cinch it. And when you get on the bus, take off your backpack. Don't wear a backpack on the bus. That's all I have to say about that. These are life hacks, Dan. I, I you know. didn't know people were doing that. Okay, I see okay. it. I see the youths. I see the youths. I when found, I pick up my daughter at school, I see a lot of youths. I found the bag within a bag that I use for all of my dongles and power adapters and things like that. I received this as a gift. It's one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. The company that makes it is called Side by Side. It is called the Travel Tech Bag Organizer Cables and EDC Gear Pouch Electronics and Cord Case Power Packer by Side by Side. Um, it is $38. It is well worth it. The cool thing about it is that it is built out of this fabric that is very, very stretchy and it is really, really cool. So you can put a ton of stuff in there and when you zip it up, it compresses it, but it also stretches if things are weird shaped or whatever. Wow. I'm going to buy this. This This is cool. It is really, really, really cool. I absolutely love this thing and I'm I was, you know, I had been using a different pouch for a while for like stuff and it was not organized and I, it wasn't big enough. And this one is really, really good. And I love is this it. Is a two and pack? No, this is just the one, but it, you, un, mm. you open it up and it's got a left side with multiple things in it. And then a right side for like where you put the big charger in. And, uh, I just love this thing. I, I it's the best. Apparently it was like done by a, a guy who is like a world traveler and couldn't find something he liked and then decided to do a Kickstarter. And so they did that. And that was a few years ago. And ever since uh, he's been doing this, uh, this bag and or pouch within a thing. But what's really cool. And I just, the reason that I love the whole concept of a bag within a bag, as mm-hmm. you call it for, bag. for specifically a, like your everyday bag that you carry around is it allows you to, and bear with me on this, it allows mm-hmm. you to configure what you're taking around with you based on what it is that you're going to be doing or what you anticipate doing that day. So for example. Mm-hmm. And you organize, you organize around that so that you have some, you have some, not extensibility, but like, it's sort of like the old George Carlin bit about your stuff. 
you got to bag your stuff and the stuff inside of your stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. I mean, like you can deploy sensibly. You don't need to have all the things. If That's you right. If you're planned well and organized well, you know you could take out this one slightly heavy bag because you're not going to need it for what you're doing in the next two exactly. hours. Exactly. And so if you're smart about what you put in where, so like if, if, if I know, let's just say that I, the computer is charged and it's in the bag. And I know that with this 16 inch computer that a full charge is, that's all many, many, many hours. I don't know how many, but especially if you, if you have the little, uh, turbo so boost many disabler. Hours. I, I just ran fruit juice yesterday and it took forever to get down to 20%. Mm-hmm. Like with the screen on, cause you know, when fruit juice runs and it does, it's like monthly cycle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm, like nuns, they sync up. Um, when it runs its monthly cycle on fruit 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 juice, mm-hmm. you got to run it all the way down the 20 and then run it back up to condition the battery is the mojo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took me like it was it was nightfall. It was past sunset and it was my it was still on. Right. So like it's I a great computer. And really if I computer. if I know it's my favorite Mac laptop ever. Yeah. If if I know that I'm only going to be gone for a couple hours, and I'm not going to need to dongle into anything or charge. I can just pull that thing out. And that thing weighs a lot because it's got the charger. It's got everything else. And I just pull that out. And the bag is now like 50 pounds lighter, you know? And you, know. so if you organize that way and you're smart about it, man, you you can really have things optimized. Like, oh, don't need that. Don't need that. Ready to go. As I, opposed I totally to agree. like, well, yeah. let me unzip the thing and then I'm going to pull it. Well, do I need the chart? No, I don't think. Oh my God, don't do that. I know. Don't I know. Do that. I even do that. Well, depending on the amount of traveling that we're doing, if we're going to be away for more than a few um, nights, I bring up kind of broader setup than I normally would. Like more, I'll bring an extra, again, it depends on whether we're flying or driving or whatever, because that, for a variety of reasons, that factors into what I can or will pack. Right. But, um, but I might have a couple, three different like sort of tech bags. Like if we're going to be like kind of shacked up in a hotel for three, four, five nights or whatever, we're visiting family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to bring everything. I'm going to bring the HDMI stuff. I'm going to bring a SSD hard drive with movies on it. Right. Um, you know what I mean? But I'm always going to have the heart of it. Like, obviously, I will have. Oh, it's good money. Um I obviously will bring the things in my backpack, which, as we know, include things like whatever my two factor stuff, my all the various audio dongles, because, boy, you really need audio dongles on the road. So USB C (laughs) and lightning to mini. I have both of those. I've got my my two FA dingus. I've got all of those kinds of things in that little little mesh bag. I got my little sort of tech and pills bag. But then, like I said, the really important one for me is this yellow um, one of those little duffels from um, North Face that I love. That's all of the like family tech gear. And there's is a no look bag. I can throw that in a bag and know that I have not touched that since the last time. This is, it's so critical if you're going to go right. with the two sets of cable stuff, never touch it. Update it when you get home, put it away. In my case, I have a banker's box of just all my travel things. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know, I think it's really valuable to be able to do that. And back to where we started with, uh, what was it, listener Mark, was it? It, you know, there, it's very satisfying to be able to trust your system, mm-hmm. to know that like this is a this is an area over which I have dominion and I can have some sanity <laughs> in my life. And I don't. <laughs> that's my bulwark against madness. And I know that I'm I'm good to go if I have this stuff together. Uh, what else was I going to ask you about? So, okay, so I'm getting this. I ordered the tech bag organizer, cables and EDC gear pouch, day pack, two pack, two pack, day pack. Do we do one more letter and then we'll bounce? Yeah. Um, Are we good? Are we done? When... Are we done? It's We ran long. I didn't realize that. You know, um, 
This one is more of a comment, so I'll, I'll do this one less of a question. Hmm. Um, I had this. This is a person I think you'll you'll like, uh, listener Brian. I have a keyboard maestro macro that helps me schedule doctor's appointments in Google Calendar. When I type the date and time into the window, and keyboard maestro passes that info along to Fantastical's natural language processing and applies it to two calendars: my personal calendar with more information about my doctor's office for travel time information, and my work calendar as an out-of-office notice. Wow, this that's has, powerful! It's so cool. This has really helped me manage multiple calendars without losing my mind, and I figured maybe helpful for your listeners. Love the show, <laughs> listener Brian. Good job, listener Brian. That's crazy. I um, I've been fiddling around. I fiddle around just a little bit with keyboard maestro because I, I John Syracuse is going to tell me why there's no point to this, but I want to do some window management stuff that's not covered by like Moom or whatever. Like I, I want these things that seem so simple that I could have done with quick keys in the '90s, and like <laughs> I don't know how to do it now. Right. But that is a that's a that's a very powerful use of a very um, a very powerful app. Yeah. I'll spend more time with that. Well, then maybe in closing, I'll just do one uh, one uh, little promotional thing, which is that a friend of the show, Agile Tortoise, has just released a new version of Drafts. Oh, nice. And for the Mac and iOS, and it's got some really neat stuff. I don't want to talk too much out of school, but there's some uh, stuff that I'm not saying that he added for me, but I definitely have bubbled up over time. And interested in a couple of things that are included in this release, including a really nice task paper action set and a toolbar. Um, go support this company, uh, Agile Tortoise. Support them. Um, buy drafts. It's a very good uh, app. Apps. It's very good apps. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like the guy a lot personally. I'm I'm getting hoarse, Dan. I'm a pony. I'm a small horse. I don't want that. Well, we better end it then. I don't want you to be hoarse. Okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.